Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Erin Earth Podcast. Today, I am here with Cody Marr, and we are going to be diving deep into all things well-being, health, but from a very different viewpoint than what you'll hear. Definitely relative to mainstream health and wellness. And I'm super excited today. So let me tell you a little bit about Cody. So Cody and I actually met through one of my courses. <laughs> and did you just take Worthy and Wealthy? Was that was that the one? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I, I kind of like love the story a little bit because I, you know, we go through this course and you're in the container. And then I think after we wrapped up this round, you actually reached out to me and you were like, Hey, I was wondering if I could be on the podcast. And the reason I'm telling this is because we actually, we get a lot of requests to come onto the podcast and I turned down like all of them basically, because it's just like, <laughs> I know, like <laughs> I turned down a lot of them because I, I have a lot of interviews that I do because I, I like know people. Right. But you, you reach out to me and you were so sweet and courageous. And then you told me a little bit about your work. And I was like, yeah, yeah. It wasn't <laughs> like some I get these, this is like so off topic, but I get these like emails from people and I'm like, this is not personal at all, but it was like, just your message was so sweet. And I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. And I'm really excited to interview you today because after going and getting to know your work and getting to know you and your background, I'm really excited to share because I really believe in what you're doing. And, um, yeah. So everyone listening here will, will see, <laughs> you'll see, you'll see. <laughs> so Cody, hi, welcome to Aaron Earth podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, thank you so much, Melissa. I loved hearing that story from your perspective that really, um, I appreciate you so much. So thank you for having me. Mm, yeah, I really appreciate it too, honestly. Um, so Let's get into a bit of your story. Mm. So I, because I, I don't know you as well yet. I'm like also so excited to hear this, but you like, this is, this is such an interesting story because you were in the circus, mm -hmm. you were an aerialist mm -hmm. and then I don't, you developed a chronic illness, right? And I'm sure you're going to tell us all about that. And then I know that you had to have like a lot of surgeries, you like, just tell us the story. You I'll can tell you the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing great actually, but I'll go, I'll, I'll tell it. <laughs> so yeah, from the time I was a little kid, like eight years old, all I ever wanted to do was be an aerialist. I flew on the flying trapeze at Club Med, which is, I don't know if people know about Club Med, but it's like a resort that it's like very cheesy resort that families go to with their kids in the U S and, um, I flew in the flying trapeze and I just fell in love. I would do anything. I was like, I want to learn French so I can work at Club Med. And that just became this dream that I had my whole life. And everyone thought I was crazy because this was in the 90s in Brooklyn, New York. There were no circus performers around. <laughs> but I pursued it and I ended up doing it. And so in my 20s, I was a professional aerialist for 10 years. Um, and interestingly, right as I got my first big job on tour, I also started having um, these very strange 
um, intestinal pains and bleeding rectally. And I was in Vermont and I got diagnosed with an inflammatory bowel disease called ulcerative colitis. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So right as my life was like, I was like fulfilling my dreams and also deeply suffering with my body. And I just kept going. I was, I have been, I just pushed through. I learned how to just push, 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 go, go, go. And so for about five years, it didn't matter what kind of pain I was in. It didn't matter, you know, if I was running to the bathroom and bleeding, I was just focused. And I was in, I was committed to being an aerialist and fulfilling this dream. So fast forward, because I don't want to spend the whole time on this. Fast forward about 10 years. Uh, it, it just all came crashing down. Uh, things got very severe. I failed the multiple medications. I was in the hospital more than I was out of the hospital. And on the last time in the hospital, I ended up almost losing my life and in emergency surgery to remove my entire large intestine. All of it. Everyone always asks, all of it? Yes, all of it. Um, so I wow. don't have a large intestine. That was the end of my circus career. Um, and since then, um, well, actually, interestingly enough, because it seems it's funny now that I say it, but it seems like there's always these little connections that we only see in hindsight, right? But at the same time, I was sort of aware that maybe I was coming to the end of being able to perform because my body was just, you know, not having it. So I had gone back to school to become a health coach. So as I'm going through surgeries, I'm also in school to become a health coach. And I graduated in 2013 um, as a certified holistic health coach. Uh, and then, you know, I had just been through these surgeries. I was living with this body that I didn't know what to do with. It was functioning in this way. And I wanted nothing to do with anyone else's health. I was so tired of talking about it and thinking about it. I just was traumatized, like um, severely traumatized. So that was in 2013. So it was almost, almost 10 years ago at this point. And ever since then, I've been on this crusade to recover my well-being. Um, and I ended up recently getting back into the wellness world um, pretty much during the beginning of the pandemic. And I have fallen in love. <laughs> I have a whole new perspective on it. I love, I'm like a total geek about it. I, there's all I want to do is learn about cool new wellness tools. And I feel super passionate about working with other people. We'll get to this. So that, but really that's the story. The story is that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know it was ulcerative colitis. One of my best friends in college had that and it was, mm. or still does, you know, but yeah. it, it was no joke. No it's joke. Brutal. Yeah. It's a brutal, brutal yeah. disease. Yeah. So I could see how you would be totally traumatized. I mean, in her case, she had to like, she couldn't attend classes. She like got down to like 90 pounds, like all this kind of stuff. Right. And like you had to have this really major surgery. So what happened? What can you fill in the gap? I, we're going to get to your work, but how did it go from, I could see how you could be like, I'm sick of, I don't want to talk about health. Like I'm sick of this. Cause it is like a constant, constant thing. And like, it was, this was 10 years for you surgeries, all this kind of stuff. What happened between that and then moving into now you're taking care of other people in their house. Yeah. yeah, a lot of inner work. And I have the great, great 
I am so grateful for the city that I live in, the people that I'm able to connect with, the practitioners that I've worked with. I really have the privilege of having been able to do a lot of good work. And I just, you know, I took all that pushing that I learned how to do as an aerialist, like, doesn't matter if it hurts, let's do this crazy trick. And I put all that energy towards, I don't, you know, I don't care what the doctors are saying is possible for me this is not acceptable. What I am experiencing in my body is not acceptable because surgery was promised to be this like unicorn, right? Like, oh, you're going to have surgery and then you're, you're going to get your life back, right? You're going to get your life back. Mm-hmm. And not to say that that doesn't happen for some people. I'm sure that that does happen for a lot of people, but that was not the case for me. It was just a different type of suffering. And so I, I really did a lot of inner work. And I worked with a lot of different modalities, everything from hyperbaric oxygen chambers to shamans, to acupuncturists, to work on myself, learning meditation. Um, And, you know, the thing that I think was the major shift for me, and please let me know if I'm, if I'm skipping over anything that's, that is curious, um, was the major shift was changing my own perspective. Like I, I needed to deal with a trauma and, you know, losing an organ is a lot like losing a loved one because Mm -hmm. there's grieving that has to happen. You have to grieve your old self. Like I am not the person that went into those surgeries. My body doesn't function like that. I just, I've been through so much that's changed me. I'm not that person anymore. I can never have that organ back. It's never coming back. Like you know, I can do, my body can function wonderfully and all those things are true. However, I will never have that organ. It's gone. Um, and so, you know, really the, the shift for me was really grieving and I still am grieving. I mean, I don't think it ever stops necessarily. I mean, I'm in a much better place with it now, but understanding that I had to do that and that I had to really except with that loss. Like when I first, this is a good example. When I first got out of surgery, you know, it was actually three surgeries in a row the first time I ended up having six, but that first time I would walk around New York city and you know how, when you're going to get a haircut or something, you're looking at everybody's hair or like their eyebrows, if you're going to get your eyebrows done, right. You're like, what do those person's hair look like? I was looking at everybody like, I bet she has a colon. I bet he has a colon. I bet they go to the bathroom normally. I bet that, that, that. it was just this all consuming jealousy. And I didn't want to accept it. I didn't want to accept that this was my life. I, I had this feeling like, I just want to go back. I made the worst decision. I've ruined my life, like all these things. And I was consumed with it. And that's why I couldn't work with other people. I tried, I did, I did some work with people, um, or I actually was cooking for people for a while, but I just was too wrapped up in my own stuff. And um, not that you can't be in your own stuff and be doing good work. That's very true that you can, but at this time in my life, I couldn't. Um, so I, I, had to, I had to go through that and I had to come to a place of more acceptance and more peace. And that's the shift. I still deal with my health. It's still a thing for me. It might always be, I don't know, but maybe. But I have more excitement around it and I have more acceptance around it. And I think of it more as in the good days, I think of it as an opportunity and not as like this horrible burden that I have to carry for the rest of my life. Gosh, I literally got chills when you were talking (laughs) about the grief of 
of losing an organ. Yeah. That, I mean, it makes so much sense, but it's not something you can fully understand unless you've gone through it. Right. Which I, I remember my friend, you know, watching her go through this, it's seemed like such a lonely experience, Mm. right. Of just like a constant, like, cause no matter what someone was, you know, a very serious chronic illness, right. It's like, that's constantly your energy. It takes up so much of your energy, so much of your thoughts, so much of your research. And I'm sure it can feel very draining and lonely and all that kind of stuff. Even if like your family and your friends are there supporting you. So I'm just curious in your work is that something we're going to get more into your work and I want to talk more about just kind of the medical system in general right yeah Mm -hmm. um but while we're on this topic of grief is that something that you really help people move through and I'm sure working with someone not just a doctor being like okay we're removing your organ today (laughs) like (laughs) no (laughs) there's like very little emotion because in a couple hours I'm doing another one of these you know what I mean but someone who's actually experienced this there's like this kind of soothing effect I'm sure yeah 100% and there's a couple of things come up for me and one is that I didn't understand that there was such a connection between losing an organ and losing a person, a loved one, a family, a friend, you know, until I did this project, I ended up um, a couple of years ago doing this little short film called Dear Large Intestine, where I wrote this whole letter, like a love, a love letter to my large intestine, like thanking my large intestine, apologizing to my large intestine. And I had a bunch of different actors, friends, I ended up moving into acting after circus, but um, I had maybe, I think it was about 15 different people reading different parts of the letter and I compiled it. And it was, that day was extraordinary, an extraordinary healing experience for me because people were so emotional. And when they were reading it, I would ask them afterwards, like what, you know, what, were you just acting or what was going on there? And they're like, no, this reminds me of my mother or no, this reminds me of my son or, you know, mm-hmm. and so that grief is universal. And that really helped me with the isolation and the loneliness, because one thing is that nobody really wants to talk about an inflammatory bowel condition, especially, unfortunately, as a woman, like I'm sure part of what every woman or man for that matter goes through with inflammatory bowel disease is that feeling of shame and loneliness. And like, I'm disgusting. Uh, Nobody will want to be around me. This is so embarrassing. You know, all of these feelings that come up when it has to do with our bowels and with evacuation um, and with the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, that recognition that what I was going through while somebody couldn't relate to my specific experience necessarily, grief is that grief of of loss is really something that's relatable. And that really freed me in a lot of ways. And then also connecting um, on Instagram, I started connecting with a community of people that had also had inflammatory bowel disease and had surgery or hadn't had surgery. And I was like, wow, I am not alone. Because like you said, if you're just the only girl at college that's dealing with this, you feel like you're an alien, you know, you feel so alone and like no one else could possibly Mm -hmm. understand what's happening. And now I've lost track completely of your question. (laughs) 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 That's great. That's great. Well, I want to talk about, (laughs) it's good. 
That's great. Perfect. I I really want to talk about the medical industry yeah, a little yeah, bit okay, too, which great. I know we could probably do an episode mm-hmm. alone on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's just touch on it. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners on this show will be like, yeah, because I'm like, yeah, like I was, you know, going, I was doing my research on you and all this kind of stuff before we came on the show. And one thing that you say is that the medical system uh, doesn't prioritize wellness, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I've experienced this firsthand, not with a chronic illness, but with mental health, right? Um, you know, I was diagnosed as a child with PTSD, with anxiety, depression, all the kind of things. And they were just kind of like, Oh, you're just going to have this, you're just going to this is, you're just going to have to take a pill the rest of your life. And it's just going to be like this. And I remember being 15 and thinking in, in my head, like that doesn't, that doesn't feel right. Like that doesn't seem, <laughs> my system was like, no. And I didn't know anything about, you know, I hadn't studied all the the ways to like heal my mental health at that point. Right. Yeah. But I would just love to know your take on that and your experience of that as well yeah like you said it's a huge topic so I want to preface this by saying that um I could talk about this for days and I'm I'm really hoping that what comes through me right now is of the best service for this community um I also want to say that I respect and appreciate medical doctors and in no way is this an attack on them because they are working I'm actually talking about the system and not the people and I think that's a really important distinction um, because there's a wonderful people that are trying to help but they're working within a system that needs needs help itself (laughs) in my opinion so yeah it's just a system built around disease right you said it you went and you got a diagnosis that's the that's the first thing and you were told as a 15 year old this is these are the things that are wrong with you this is what's wrong with you and this is going to be your life like there is no acknowledgement of like oh actually melissa you're a whole well being you're a whole well person and let's find ways to help you optimize what's happening with you. Like even just the language of diagnosing and disease and mm-hmm. all of this stuff mm-hmm. that's, you know, and you're, um, you, I think you're probably a unique person to, to have the um, ability to think like, mm, this isn't right. Because my experience of myself was like, oh, this is my, this is my fate. This is it. You know, I'm, I'm, this is going, you know, I have this disease and this is the road that is going to present for me. And I, you know, I questioned all along the way, I always questioned, I was always seeking alternative treatments. And yet there was this punishing voice in my head that was always like, but the doctor said this. And if you go off your medication, it's your fault. Like I was put on a lot of um, immune suppressants and I never did well with them. And so I would always like rebel and go off of them. And I'd go back to the doctor and he'd be like, well, I told you that would happen. You know, it's just this whole system of not taking in, into account who you are. You're a bio-individual person with unique neurobiology, with unique chemistry, with a unique set of emotional experiences. And there's no sense of a whole. It's just all part and parcel, right? Um, and also, there it's, it lacks... Um, connection. I've been to several doctors throughout the course of this 
that didn't even, probably couldn't even tell you what I looked like because they were just looking at a screen and filling in questions. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, and it also, mm-hmm. you know, it goes back to them. They're tied. It's not their fault, but they are tied to insurance companies. And if so, they yes, need to put uh-huh. a, a code, they need to put something on your chart because or else the insurance company is not going to pay for your visit. So mm-hmm. it's this whole system um, that's been built around there's something wrong with you and let's look at this one specific part of you that's wrong and we'll, we'll give it something, we'll give it a this and, and you know, we're not going to talk about emotions, like you can go to the psychologist for that, you know, like it's just, it's so separated and so, um, yeah. So yeah, I just think that it's, it's a system that doesn't take into account, if I were to encapsulate it in like one sentence, it's a system that doesn't take into account everything that is going on in the body when someone is presenting with a symptom. Yes, I love this conversation. I I feel like I could talk about this all day too. (laughs) Yeah. And I just wanted to affirm something you said, because my dad's actually a psychiatrist too, Mm. which is something interesting, right? He's like Mm -hmm. a very traditional Southern psychiatrist who's Mm -hmm. like had his, he's been in his practice for, you know, like 33 years now, that kind of thing. Right. And he's an amazing man. He is the kindest, like I have memories of him as a child, just being so kind to people. And he really cares about people. Right. Which is why he's like went into psychiatry. Right. But then, yeah, like you're saying with like it's like, it's, there's this trickling through all of our systems, which this goes into, you know, like money, this goes into like so many different things of efficiency. How many people can you see, you know, Mm -hmm. can you, you're going to have to fit them into these like 10 minute time slots, all this kind of stuff. And that because of needing that efficiency to meet these these quotas and meet the the profit margins and all that kind of stuff it it's like okay like you're saying you're gonna go here for this and you're gonna go here for this and then it leaves the person like fragmented and that kind of thing so it's really yeah I just wholeheartedly agree I think something that can happen when we have these conversations where we're being more in our critical mind. Um, It's not about the people. It's more about us asking what's the intention that we've infused within building this massive, massive structure. So Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you coming in with that discernment and and bringing that into here. Yeah. Thank you. And also just want to throw in the education piece. Like for example, the thing that I find the most shocking, and this is slowly changing, but when I was diagnosed 12 years ago, they've all every maybe saw five doctors in, the, in that very early stages. All five of them were like, "This has nothing to do with diet. This is absolutely nothing. This is an autoimmune condition. That has nothing to do with diet." How can that possibly make sense? <laughs> yeah, that an inflammatory totally. <laughs> bowel disease has nothing is not affected in any way by diet. But that's how it is because that's what they yeah. <laughs> So. Yep. Yes, we put these medical doctors on this pedestal and they have a lot of knowledge, but we have the wisdom. We've got the wisdom of our bodies Mm -hmm. and that's not taken into consideration. There's no dialogue of like, you know, the body wisdom, the knowledge of your body versus their body of knowledge. So I have knowledge of my body and they have a body of knowledge. And if those two things can meet and work together, then magic can happen. But if I'm going in as a subservient, I need fixing and you have the degree, 
there's just a disconnect there and, and, and you sort of lose yourself. Like one thing that happened is I really lost connection with my body and, and what she wanted. I didn't know. So that happens. I feel like a lot in, if you really stick to this um, straight and narrow medical path, as you start, uh, no, I'm just not, I'm going to say, I'm not going to speak in the you, I'm going to speak in the I, I really started to not trust myself. And that's still something mm. I'm working on is trusting myself because in my mind, the consequences are really dire for not trusting myself. The consequences is the loss of an organ, even though that's not, you know, that's not a true connection, but there's still a part of my brain that thinks that I didn't trust myself and therefore this happened. So anyway, my point is that it's just, you know, it's just in terms of as a patient, right? having that awareness that I know you have already and that I hope more people can have is just that you have knowledge of your body. They have a body of knowledge and I'm quoting someone and I can't remember who. So I'm so sorry for whoever said this beautiful statement, but um, I think it was, I don't know. Um, Anyway. So yeah. So those two things have to meet, those two things have to be respected, you know? Yeah. I'll leave it there. I love it. I know. I'm like, on that topic, I'm like, I have five more <laughs> subtopics I want to bring up, but maybe we can do that some other time. But anyway, yes. let's get into, let's get into your work. Sure. Okay. And this is, this is a great place to, to go into this because you bring in that more, that, that wisdom of the body, you bring mm-hmm. in that taking agency for your own well-being I mean that Mm -hmm. is the the namesake of of your work is agency right so it's like what does what does that what does that mean and how does that help people get in relationship with well-being so to me agency means a deep understanding and a deep feeling forget the cognitive or you know intellectual understanding but a deep feeling within yourself that you have all that you need within yourself and there might be wonderful people along the way that are going to help you but you're going to get to those people by going within first and by realizing that when some if something doesn't feel aligned outside that's the thing to trust, no matter what doctor, no matter how many degrees, no matter, you know, all of those things that we just talked about, agency is saying, nope, I know, I, I've done the work to get in touch with myself. I'm not saying me, I'm just saying in this scenario, I mean, I have, but um, <laughs> I, I can trust myself. And I also am, oh, I am built for health. Our bodies are built for health. Our bodies are not built for disease. Our bodies are built to be well. They're miraculous, regenerative, wellness machines. And we have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of factors in our external environment right now that are, you know, causing these things to pop up. However, still our bodies are super intelligent and it's really just agency is really about reclaiming that. And the other sort of play on that word is that I'm also a voice actor and an actor on camera actor. And, you know, we have agents, we have an agent and an agent advocates for us. And, you know, you know, 
when a job comes along, they're like, no, this is wrong and this needs to be better. And that's what I want to be. I want to be an agent for your well-being. So that means that instead of putting on you what I know, I go into every time I work with someone being like, I'm a detective and I'm going to listen so closely to how this person is speaking. I'm going to listen the best I can in between the words. I'm going to feel into what they're saying and I'm going to use what's coming from them to maybe help them discover something or a direction that they need to go. And I'm going to ask questions and I'm going in every time with that mind frame of like, I'm your agent. I don't know any more than you. You know way more than me about your body. Maybe I have some experience that could be helpful or useful to you. Um, but that's sort of how I approach this work is I just want, I want everyone to feel that agency within themselves and to not feel like they're helpless in the face of these threats, but that they, they have tools. So how does coming back to that that relationship with your body mm-hmm. and them claiming that that I am a I'm built for well-being like my body's built for well-being and starting to take on that viewpoint and that expression of living how does that create the ripple effect of the actual physical wealth? No, wealth. Yeah, well, health. physical wealth is no, well being. Physical wealth is health, right? <laughs> I'm like piecing together this very serious question <laughs> in my brain. Serious is so overrated. Um, okay, wait. So we're going to go back to this question. How does Okay, I get it. How does um, uh, cultivating inner agency in your and trust in your body lead to a physical manifestation of actual health? Yes. I mean, my most my my most honest answer is I have no idea. <laughs> how does you know, <laughs> how does anything that works like that work? But. I think, you know, I think what happened for me, and I can only speak from my experience, right? What Mm. happened for me was when I started to dig into the ways that I wasn't in touch with my body and that I wasn't in agency with my body, I started to see all these beliefs I had. It's very similar to the work you do around wealth, right? You start Mm. to, I started to see all these, um, beliefs about my own well-being and and what what was possible for me and really just starting to unravel them and that's where this you know really the answer is like magically i mean because our thoughts affect our physical well-being our emotions affect our physical well-being we're just this we're an energy this gets into the energetics right we're energetic creatures we're so little matter like the matter is such a small percentage of what we are. We're frequency, we're energy, uh, we're electric. We can't put our fingers in the wall sockets for a reason, you know? And so when the electricity that's running through your body is love and self-love and feeling powerful and feeling full of health, that just manifests physically because that's how energy works. So, um, you know, I know that's kind of like a, it seems kind of like not the most bestest (laughs) English uh, answer but I think it's just that's really my truth is that it it, yeah that's that's how it happens yeah I 
agree with that 103,000 <laughs> percent. 103,000. And that's that's exactly. been my experience too. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I went and did a study in my own. <laughs> okay, but anyway. Yeah, and I I think it can feel very like, yeah, that seems very like okay. But mm-hmm. there there are all of these little pieces that go that start to build together. It's like this ripple effect that starts with us just kind of being open to like, am I can I try to be, am I willing to try to be healthy? And this, this is probably why I said wealth, because it's literally the same with money work. Mm -hmm. It's like when, when that, when we hold, and this comes back to that conversation around like having so much trauma with it, when there's so much intensity around something and it's like, you're just this way, you're just broke. You're just, you just come from this kind of background. You just have ulcerative colitis. You just have depression. Like, it's just like this. We automatically, it's like, we're not even open to the possibilities of healing our bodies, healing our minds. And it's like, it's like cutting off. It's like, if you plant a little seed and cutting off you know, like you keep digging it back out or like it's trying to plant roots and then you keep pulling the roots out. You know what I mean? It's like once those roots take form, the other thing and you keep nurturing the roots, the other things can start to start to grow as well. Yeah. And along those lines, I mean, um, the other part of this, and, and thank you so much for leading me here, is the other answer is slowly and messily <laughs> because mm, yeah. perfection has no place in this. And true health is an acknowledgement that there are times that I'm going to be sick and there are times that I'm going to be depressed and there are times that I'm going to be anxious. And there is no, you know, unfortunately there, there's sort of this little trend of like what wellness is and it's not all encompassing, but part, part of what I think can be a trap is that, you know, you can compare yourself like, oh, they look so perfectly healthy and their digestion is perfect and everything's perfect with that person that I'm seeing on Instagram with the green juice in their hands. And to me, that's not the kind of wealth, wealth, I keep saying wealth too now. That's not the (laughs) kind of health wealth that I'm talking about. The kind of true health is like really an acceptance of what it means to be human, which is that you're a total mess. You're a total work in progress. You're going to come up against over and over, you're going to come up against little illnesses or sicknesses. And sometimes, like, I don't know yet why this was my path. Why did I get this disease? Why did I have my large intestine removed? You know, blah, blah, blah. But I do trust that it had a purpose. And sometimes there's just a purpose. Somebody getting cancer isn't their fault. It's not because they didn't think the right thoughts necessarily. I mean, actually, 100%. It's not because they didn't think the right thoughts. There's, it's complex. And part of that is just a mystery of like our fate and our path and all of these things. So to me, also having agency is really just being willing to be a messy, sloppy human who gets it wrong all the time and loves and forgives herself along the way. And that's really Mm -hmm. what health is. And it's not not getting sick ever because we need to get sick. It's kind of part of how our bodies function. Mm-hmm. anyway I wanted oh. to throw that in there I'm sorry if I interrupted you no you no I'm interviewing <laughs> you <laughs> but I'm oh, sorry oh. just one more thing here we go ready yeah great amazing 
So one of the reasons that I, well, I love you for many reasons, Melissa, but one of the reasons I love your work is that I experienced you as being willing to be messy. I experienced you as being willing to show up and show people like I'm a real messy person. And, you know, this is my, and I think that that is what we need in the wellness world. We need women and men that are willing to show up messily and say like, this is true wellness. True wellness is, is, is not being okay sometimes. And I really appreciate that about your work and about who you are. Um, so yeah, I just, I wanted to say that that's one of the reasons I felt so called to have this conversation was I think that um, that's really important work to dismantle perfectionism and it's super sneaky and it can get in this conversation without me even being aware of it. Yeah, well, that's, first of all, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I received that fully. Thank you. Um, but that leads into what I wanted to ask you next was, was that, you know, what you were saying a minute ago brought up, you know, that's another thing about medicine, like traditional medicine. And again, like there are so many incredible, like, you know, like you having this surgery, like people who have to have brain surgeries, all this kind of stuff. But there also can be a mentality sometimes of like a fix, like this will fix this and this will fix this. And you take this pill and it fixes this. And it's like this kind of equation, one plus two equals three, and then you're out the door, right? Where this this other approach to it brings in the concept and the, the practice, really of acceptance and in your journey and from what you've experienced with working with people how does that acceptance help facilitate the the natural well-being yeah I think for this for this I'm going to start with with other people and I'll get to me but I think the best example for this is weight loss because a lot of people come and say, I need to lose 15 pounds. And we can just start with that statement. Our subconscious mind, I mean, I know we haven't, we're not going to do a deep dive on the subconscious mind, but our subconscious mind hears <laughs> we could talk about lose so much. <laughs> and 15 pounds. And now if our subconscious mind associates the word lose with failure, then in order to, if you lose 15 pounds, that's considered a failure. So you, you definitely don't want the subconscious mind is definitely not going to allow that. So my point is that it, it's, you know, it starts with just how you're thinking about what needs to happen in your life. And this need too, especially around weight. It's like, if you believe that I need to lose 15 pounds in order to be happy, you're never going to be happy because there'll be something else. If you act it, first of all, if you lose those 15 pounds under that set of circumstances, most likely you're going to be on this roller coaster where you gain it back. And so when someone comes to me and says, I want to lose 15 pounds, I go, great. We're not going to start there at all. <laughs> We're going to start with trying to get you to a place where you're, instead you're saying, I want to feel good and um, joyful in what I'm eating. And I want to feel that my, you know, energetic in my body and like, just like with the 15 pounds, because it's just kind of a decoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of how it was in my life. It's like, I was laser focused on my physical well-being. I wanted this to improve and I wanted that to improve. And I was so rigid. I was so rigid in my thinking. And what actually changed everything for me was when I just was like, hands up, I accept my body as it is. I'm going to continue to 
you know, strive for better health because that's just who I am. But if this is as good as it gets, I'm going to enjoy the, can I curse on this podcast? I'm going to enjoy the, oh, yeah. I'm going to enjoy the fuck, <laughs> I'm going to enjoy the fuck out of my life. Like colon or no colon, I'm going to just enjoy the fuck out of my life. And I'm not, I can't continue to strive for this thing that I need to achieve in order to feel good. You know, it's like, you got to feel good first. And that's the same thing with weight loss. It's like, if you're just thinking like, oh, I'll do X, Y, and Z when I lose weight and I'm not going to allow myself to feel good, whether consciously or subconsciously until I get there, hmm, that's not, you know, that's, it's sort of a losing battle there. Mm, beautiful. And that, take that, apply it to everything. <laughs> apply <laughs> it to money, apply it to relationships, right. apply it to aging, apply it to everything, literally. Right. Just right. do that and everything will get better. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. So the the last question I want to ask you before we talk, like connecting with you, that kind of thing, um, is about kind of what you see as the the future of mm. of health and wellness. There was a quote that you have on your website, and I love this. And it's from Albert Einstein. <laughs> and I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about. And of course, mm-hmm. he said this probably 70, maybe 80 years ago, right? Um, but it's still like, we're just now starting to like, understand start to understand this, right? That future medicine will be the medicine of frequencies. Mm -hmm. And I love, I like, again, I have chills when I saw, as soon as I saw that quote, I was like, oh my God, like that is so good. That's so good. And it, and and, and amazing. I'm just like nerding a little bit now, but it amazes me that he said that so long ago, but like, can you expand upon that? Because I know also know that, you know, we, again, I'm sure this could be a whole nother episode, but you have something that you also work with people called bioenergetics. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of just talk about what, what, what does that statement mean? And what is this field? What is that? Yeah. So I always say to people, and this isn't universal, but most people think kale is a food that is delicious to eat now. Right. But about 10, 15 years ago, kale was a garnish. Nobody was eating kale. That was crazy. (laughs) And that's kind of how I feel about this field of wellness. It's, It's still this very fringe thing, right? There's a lot of technology that's coming out, one of which I work with, that's really about influencing our vibrations, influencing everything in our body has a vibration. Our organs have a specific vibration. Um, you know, our emotions have vibration. There's a, a scale, you know, David Hawkins has a um, scale of consciousness that he's measured the vibration of love, fear, you know, there's a whole, everything is vibrating, food, everything. So what that statement means to me, and I, I maybe one day we'll get to time travel and talk to Einstein, who knows, but what that means to me is that one real, and this has been the most impactful thing I've ever done in terms of my wellness was working on the level of frequency. So working with your own frequency, working with the frequency of your, let's say your liver or working with the frequency of a parasite or whatever it is, and really working on that level instead of just working on the physical level. So incorporating the level of energy, the level of frequency. And that's what this tool that I use does. It's able to scan and detect the body in the body 
if your body is resonating at an ideal frequency, you know, it measures a lot of different things, but let's, I'm sticking with the liver. Like if your liver is measuring at the ideal vibration and frequency for a liver, and this was technology that's been developed for 30 years in um, Russia mostly, and they have like the ideal frequency of the liver. So basically sends a signal to your body like, hey, liver, are you vibrating at the ideal frequency? And the liver is like, totally or no. And it'll show you on, <laughs> no. a, on, a, on a report. <laughs> and then there's frequencies that help your body optimize. So we, you know, if, if, you, if you're into EMFs and EMF mitigation, you know that one of the problems is that we entrain with different frequencies around us. We're doing it constantly. And we feel this all the time. You walk into a room where people have fought and you're like, oh, it feels weird in here. Right. And, and you don't oh, yeah. have the consciousness for it necessarily, but that's because there's actually an energetic cloud of anger around you that your body is going, Ooh, I'm going to entrain with that because, you know, that's what we do as humans. We're social creatures. We entrain with the things around us. Um, so that's really what that is. It's really working on that level of subtle vibrations within all the systems of your body, including your emotions, your chakras, your meridians. I mean, we can get very detailed with this. Um, and I think it's, you know, I'm seeing, I went to a conference recently in Texas and I'm just seeing more and more technology come out that's dealing with this level that's help, you know, and so instead of taking um, an antidepressant, for example, someone could have a device that produces the frequency of an antidepressant. And so instead of dealing with all the side effects, you're just having the energetics of it. Um, it's what homeopathy does to a certain extent. So it's just, it's an evolution of that. And I think it's really, I think in a few years, it's going to be pretty mainstream, maybe more than a few, but I think that's where we're going. That's yeah. what I see as the future. I think, and I think it's honestly like radical science too, because mm -hmm. it's like, you know, people, I don't think anybody listening to this, but people might hear <laughs> this conversation and be like, they're talking about like your bodies and frequencies and all that kind of stuff. But literally you're at like atoms mm -hmm. down to the mind, like the tiniest minute particle that we can call like having a mass, having some sort of, but it's not even like the mass isn't even really like a mass. And, and, you know, you can either talk like quantum physics or you can talk like Newtonian physics. Right. But it does have a vibrating. It has a certain vibration that then can translate into like density and thermal conductivity and all this kind of stuff so it's like this is really like the next wave of us going into more subtleties mm -hmm. with our our health instead of you know we kind of like got surface layer and we're going even more um deep into the energetics so I'm just so excited about that and I love that that's something that you bring and uh, I would love to just conclude with how can people reach you? Um, if someone wants to work with you, what would that look like? Whatever you want to express here for those who, um, you know, there might be people here who have some sort of, and I would honestly, you know, like, I would really recommend this kind of work. Um, I've been through similar kinds of work. My partner's actually he is like very knowledgeable in a lot of these modalities and, and things. I would love to see you two have a conversation actually, <laughs> but, um, and he's helped me a lot with, with my health in, in these different ways. So I'd really recommend this to people. If you're struggling with some sort of, um, you know, 
physical ailment or just like some general, not general, but like something with your well-being, I would really recommend this kind of work. So yeah, how do how do how do we reach you? All the ways. Um, Instagram, uh, my website, agencywellness.org. You can find me, you can DM me, you can email me, you could send me a text. <laughs> I'm open to all kinds <laughs> of communication. Don't call me because I probably won't call you back because I, I don't even, I don't look at phone calls. Very yeah, much. totally. <laughs> I don't know that, that number. The, yeah, that would be the, nope. the um, that would be the hardest way to reach me. I eventually would call you back, but um, yeah, all those different modalities. Yeah. Great. Well, we will link everything down below in the show notes. So Cody, thank you so much for coming on. This could be like a four hour episode. Um, And I feel like this is, this has been so knowledgeable and so um, informative, so beneficial. And I really appreciate that. And um, yeah, to everyone listening, Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like this episode, feel free to send it to someone. If you think that they would benefit from listening, you know, you can always text them the link or if you want to screenshot and share uh, on your social media, feel free to tag us. That would be amazing too. So thank you, Cody. Thank you, Melissa. Appreciate and it so thank much. You all. Yeah, I'm so appreciative too. And thank you all for tuning in. I will see you on the next episode. 